Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. Our comments a week ago in this space coincided with a great furore in the Jamaican setting from a number of significant players in government and in the financial sector. We made comments about the exploitative way in which financial institutions treat those who use cash and require the use of cash to conduct their affairs. We claim no credit for the furore on the subject that has been created. <clears throat> but we do insist that it is a moot point. We got some comments here and we intend to interact both with the responses here and those in the public space. We received a comment here from the owner of a banking institution that said, and I quote, the outcome and behavior of the global financial systems can be changed if governments should properly seek to address the inequity. It is all about government policy, he said. Those comments are correct and deserve to be repeated in a context where policymakers are obliged to respond. Members of the administration took their turns commenting this week, and all of their comments were aimed at capturing media headlines. One junior member of the administration called the financial institutions, called what they were doing to the poor insensitive. He was the mildest of the criticisms. The Minister of Finance was also not particularly strident in his comment but he called the financial institution, financial sector, tone deaf. The Prime Minister and the Minister of Justice both behaved as if action to be taken was up to someone else other than the administration. And they have no responsibility in their fear of the mistreatment of the vulnerable customers by financial institutions, except to make strident comments about it. Minister Chuck, the Minister of Justice, lamented the fact that the banks were giving the free market a bad name. He's hoping for some lecturers in economics or perhaps in business and finance somewhere to give Jamaica's financial institution the thumbs up for good free market practices. With due respect to the Minister of Justice, his comments sounded abundantly naive. He called the financial system cartels. Is the Minister of Justice unaware that there are laws on the Jamaican books about that kind of practice and about the abuse of market dominance? 
the poor minister of justice ought to know that and ought to do something about that. The series of comments from the PM, the Minister of Justice, and the Minister of Finance convey the view that the administration of the JLP in government believe that in some matters the job of the government is only to make comments about things that can go viral on the social media. They do not have a duty, they believe, to the national good, to the common good, to the public interest, and that it is their job to develop and effect policies and to make laws to ensure the public good and the national interest are secured. The comments by these three cabinet ministers, therefore, represent their dereliction of duty in this matter. It is worse if one considers the fact that opposition MP Fitzjackson piloted a bill calling for the regulation of banking fees in 2017. And this, this very government, including all these persons named above, used its majority in parliament to defeat that bill. And according to Minister Delroy Chuck, they did so in deference to their commitment as free marketers. This is tantamount to an admission that the government cared less about the interests of the nation and more about fidelity to some doctrine of capitalism. Admittedly, the financial system in Jamaica is trying to play catch up with the global financial system as copycats and mimic men. Those who lead this country have the duty not merely to follow fashion, but to do what is best for the people of this country. I also received a particularly interesting and poignant comment from a member of the clergy by way of a voice note. I shall neither name him nor the congregation that he pastored at the time to avoid being personal. But I believe he has raised an issue worth reflecting on its own, on, on its own. He indicated that he also is concerned and has been for some time about the mistreatment of their customers by banks. He cited those financial institutions which have the salary accounts of the public sector and that by imposing a fee to withdraw your money through automatic banking machine, they were charging people to access their own salaries and were being handsomely rewarded for doing that at the expense of people with very modest incomes to start with. He indicated that some time ago, while he was pastoring a particular congregation, he sought to invite Fitz Jackson, who at the time was making the rounds in discussing the issue, in, um, to dis and he invited him to discuss the issue in a public forum at his church. He said that the council of his church met and vetoed the discussion of the issue on the basis that it risked being political. The question is whether or not Christian congregations have a duty to the public interest 
by the expression of a commitment to justice and fairness, to protect the vulnerable and to seek the public good. It is quite clear, using this issue as one case in point, that the churches have come to believe that perceived risk to their public profile is the most important consideration and any issue may be made to slide if their public profile is at risk. When Christian faith first began in Palestine and in the far-flung places of the Roman Empire, it was a movement of faith and righteousness. Over time, the church has become an organization and especially after the fourth century with Emperor Constantine, the church has in some places become a massive bureaucracy. They are all governed by these councils, including at the local level. Many of those people, the people, these councils, are throwbacks to the Pharisees of Jesus' day. Pharisees were lay people, laymen. They were religious figures who believed that they were placed in these positions to defend God's interests. They do not usually consult God about what is God's interest. They take it for granted that their interest is God's interest. Anyone or anything that threatened what they defined as God's interest was anathema or worse, worthy of death. The same Phariseeism has taken over churches with this particular twist that some of those who people these positions in church leadership are have unspoken ideological commitments they have uncritical loyalties that are seldom admitted but inform their every judgment and every decision jesus told his disciples that their righteousness needs to exceed the righteousness the scribes and Pharisees, and unless their righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees and scribes, they cannot see the kingdom of God. That ideological orientation has developed a view in church as an institution seeking to use financial muscle from time to time. So church's duty in the view of many of these types of persons is to amass real estate holdings and increase its accumulated capital. They may say otherwise, but when you look at the record of their actions and decisions, one does not see much else. They wish to court the favor and sympathy of the financial sector. That is why that church council refused the discussion of the issue of banking fees. Even with that, churches need to be heed the observation of the Barbadian Prime Minister, who has asserted that it is the duty of the financial sector and banks to work the money of its depositors, not just to watch the money, or worse, my words, not hers, to siphon off the money. Some level heads are needed in the financial sector and in government locally and regionally.
to make sure that our people are encouraged to save and to use this that saving to accelerate our national development. They should not be left to the mercy of unconscionable capitalists in the financial system. Amen.